the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Five oh six on the Central Coast. Now this Thursday, February twenty second, two thousand twenty four. I'm Dave Congleton. Tomorrow, uh, Professor Armstead will join us, and we will mark uh, the second anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. There's a lot to talk about there. Closer to home, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, we lost a true giant in the arts last night. Gary Lamprecht passed away. So I have invited some of the people who have uh, sung with him and knew Gary well to join us tomorrow as well. Jordan Cunningham will be with us on Tuesday. We're busy. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. So last Tuesday, we had Tom Folks here wearing his hat as chair of the county Democrats, and we got a chance to hear his perspective on the primary and other issues. Uh, To be fair, we reached out to Eric Gorham from County Republicans. You're a county Republican, right? I am a uh, chair yeah. of District 5. There you uh, go. Representing myself today, but I am chair of District 5, which Here's is uh, where the primary is being held for the uh, Heather Funk race. <laughs> the Heather Funk race. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with, well, anyway, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, yeah. How do you feel? Uh, we have, what, uh, two weeks? Two weeks to go? How are you feeling about District 5 race? I, I think uh, I think we'll see Heather take that race. I don't think it'll be a huge, it's not going to be like the Arnold race from uh, four years ago where she won by a massive uh, spread. But I think uh, Heather should be able to get in there five or eight points and uh, take this one home, I believe. I'm confused. Is Is this the district that the two Bruces ran in or is this the old district? What is District 5 for this election? So District 5 would basically, pretty close to what the old district, Debbie Arnold's District 5 is. So uh, the two Bruces ran in a district. Uh, Gibson is technically the supervisor of that district for the next three years, um, but it does no longer exist. So Tascadero is kind of double covered um, and will continue to be after this race. All right, so frame the race for us. Why? Why are we voting for Moreno and not for Funk? What's the difference between the two? Well, really, I look at this, um, while Heather is conservative, I look at at her as a moderate conservative. Um, I think that kind of mirrors the population of Atascadero. Um, Whether you're on the left or the right, there's a lot of moderates. Um, So I think she's probably a good fit. Uh, I look at Funk as being, you know, as progressive if not more progressive than uh bruce gibson um she's wanted to do you know basically taxes on empty commercial buildings etc i mean she's just uh she's shown that she's wanted to do taxes in a tascadero over and over again she was actually the person and when they were doing the war memorial that said you know people were showing up in support and some of them were dressing in their uniforms and she basically said she was highly uncomfortable being in a room with people with military uniforms on and it made her and that's on the record um that was all recorded so basically you know she was uncomfortable in the presence of our military which is kind of a weird statement when we're 
mm-hmm. in this day. And that was years ago. Probably even weirder at the time. I know you heard at least part of the conversation with Tom Folks. What do you want to respond to? Well, he, he doesn't like the truth. That's for sure. Uh, let's just respond to the D20 vote that he said that Heather did not support and um, that Funk did. They, that was a vote of 5-0. They all supported it. The motion was put out by Heather and put in a way that all five of them could support it. Remind people to vote, please. <laughs> so that was a 1% tax to um, fund the police in there in Atascadero. And, you know, Heather was the one that, um, you know, Tom had a big problem that Heather didn't sign, wasn't one of the signers. Well, Heather came into that and said, I'm running for election this year. Anybody running for election shouldn't be a signer because it's basically free advertising for your campaign. So she actually asked Funk if Funk wanted to be a signer because she wasn't running. And Tom knows this. He just wants to make Heather look bad and and basically come on the air and and lie. I mean, that's what he did quite a bit of the other day. Mm. Well, there seems to be a lot uh, going on. I saw the editorial in the Tribune about the mailers and the flyers and who said what. Right, and it gets interesting, too, because a lot of those mailers and flyers you know, we just heard an ad from a better Atascadero. They don't. They represent a better Atascadero, which is a very small group of people. Uh, they've done some great things in Atascadero, but a they lot could of, be a little bit more excited about. They could be, but what be happens? A little bit more excited about their candidate. But what happens a lot of times if a better task? I'm just, and I'm not saying they did anything. I'm just using no. them as an yeah. example. They were just on the air, so a lot of times if they said something that Funk didn't like, they're going to blame Heather. Heather has nothing to do with those ads. That's a pack that's supporting her, that's paying for these ads, and she actually can't talk to them legally about any of this. So a lot of times, whether it's Funk, Heather, whoever is running, they get blamed from these ads from PACs. We saw that with uh, a lot during the um, Jones campaign a few years ago because there was a lot of PACs that were piling on Gibson, and that information was not coming from the Jones campaign, but they were getting blamed for it. So it's fairly common to get blamed for things that you have nothing to do with, and that's on both sides, whether you're for that person or not. A lot of times you're getting blamed for information that's going out that you have nothing to do with. Eric Gorham is with us, counting down the days before the March 5th primary and giving us the Republican perspective. Are we going to get into all this election stuff that Debbie Arnold was suggesting? Are the Republicans going to make that an issue this time? As far as the machines or the... Yeah, just the whole efficacy of voting. If for some reason Funk pulls it off, are we going to hear all this stuff about, well, there's a problem with the machines? Um, I don't believe so. I think, um, you know, last time around with Gibson, I think when you have a race that close, you're usually going to have a recount. Well, sure, 13 Uh, votes, absolutely. 13 votes, and I always laugh when, you know, that side, you know, the Tom Folks, the Gibsons, how ludicrous it was. When it's that close, you're going to ask for a recount. Um, when it came down to it, the people doing the recount looked at it. They didn't see the numbers were going to change, and they stopped it. Um, so if it's close, uh, either way, would I be surprised if somebody wanted to recount? If somebody wins by a couple points, there's no real use in doing a recount. Um, once you get into a few hundred, 600 votes, you're not going to change that. On the Stolberg text line, I'm driving through a Tascadero and seeing a ton of Susan Funk signs in front of people's houses. Yeah, they both have done well with signs. I think Funk has more smaller signs, and uh, Moreno has um, a lot of larger signs throughout the community. Um, but And there's also a lot of recall signs out there. So there's actually a, a Tascadero is full of signs right now. What is the status of the recall? Can you give us any update? Um, I haven't talked to anybody 
in depth about it, but I know they're they're kind of kicking it in a little better than they did last month. I know they're doing events. I think they're going to be at um, oh Home Depot this weekend, the Republican office in uh, Tascadero. You can go sign. Now, is this a Republican Party strategy, Eric, to recall Gibson, or is this, uh, this free is a of private pack? So the Republican Party did say you can come into our North County campus or office and we'll, you know, if people want to sign, we'll let them sign. But you obviously support it. Yeah. I mean, they support it. Gibson's not real popular. Um, I think his popularity is waning in Atascadero because he kind of abandoned them after that election. He kind of went down there and said, look, it, I'm going to be your superhero uh, supervisor. And as soon as he won, he left and never came back. Um, and he is the supervisor for Tascadero. Regardless of what you say, you're the supervisor where you were elected until the next election. So does that make it more difficult for for Funk to ride his coattails? I think it does because people have a bad taste, especially the moderate. I've talked to people because the, the uh, Central Committee over the last four or five years on the Democrat side kind of went through a coup that got taken over by the more progressive side. And I've talked to old members that are voting Republican now because they believe at least their voice will be heard by somebody like Moreno, where they don't think a Gibson or a Funk will listen to them. Um, and whether they get what they want, will, they just want somebody that will listen. So actually, that works in Heather's case, being a moderate and having Democratic def- support in Atascadero, because they just want somebody that will listen. The voters are fickle. They are. (laughs) Eric Gorham is here giving us the Republican perspective on the upcoming election. More conversation to come right here on AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC. We are in conversation with Eric Gorham talking uh, politics, giving us the Republican slash conservative perspective. Here's an odd question on the Stolberg line. Would you favor can, uh, would you favor expanding the size of the county board of supervisors to nine? Um, well, talk about redistricting, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we would have Why to would redistrict. We, we would have to redistrict. I think, uh, what are we at? About 35,000 per district now, and we're going to more than double that. So you'd represent about, what, 14,000, 13,000 people. I think it would get hard to redistrict into such small chunks what's uh, the point and uh, yeah uh, i mean I, I just don't see it if you were in a bigger populace and uh you know we're we're fairly large and spread out so it's hard to get those numbers and cut the county up like that a bigger question for me is why didn't you challenge don ortiz leg why are you letting her get a pass right so we have and i like don i'm not attacking her but she gets a pass no, she did. Her and John both got passes. Um, I know people were trying to recruit candidates and trying to find candidates in South County. Um, and I'm sure the Dems were doing the same in North County. Um, yeah, folks said the other night he, they couldn't find anybody. Yeah, they, they, I know they found a handful of people in South County, and it's just to get them elevated to a point where they can run against an incumbent and get that money in, uh, especially in that district. Uh, they had a woman who was going to run right in. Yeah, they have uh, Michelle Morrow's running right, right in. Um, and I invited her on the show, and she agreed, and then she canceled. And I got the impression she really, her heart wasn't in it. It yeah. was my impression. I've seen, I haven't seen a lot. I know they're going door to door right now. Um, I don't know a lot about the campaign. I know they're, 
they're, they're out there campaigning. I'm guessing the money's probably not. They have different rules as a as a write-in, so I don't think they have to jump through the hoops. But that's any kind of write-in, even if it's well-organized and well-funded, that's it's always going to be a huge uphill battle. Um, and Michelle's a great gal. I know her. I've known her for a few years. Um, you know, I, it's I, hard to be a write-in. It's hard to be a write-in, and she came in late. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't want to discourage her from going out there and trying to do her thing. But it's it's a it's a battle, and even if she would have started ahead of time, but to start this late and to be a write-in, um, it's it's you know it usually takes a lot of money just to get your name out there. What's the health of the county Republican Party these days? You got people beating down your door, uh, getting involved. Actually, you know, through this election, we actually have a lot of people changing their registration. Um, what we found at, uh, we found all over the county is that people have um, somehow they're uh, they're no longer Republicans. They're coming up as MPP or Democrat when they've always been Republicans. So somehow there's been some shift, and what we have at the two offices. In South County and North County is people coming in going, they want to uh, vote in the primary for a, a presidential candidate, and they can't. That's how we're figuring this out. And yeah. then we look at it, and it's like, well, you're registered MPP. And they're like, well, I've always been a Republican, or I switched to Republican, or whatever it is. So there might have been some kind of snafu, but we're seeing quite a few people, and we're facilitating them changing their registration and kind of going on that drive. I know... The Democrats have been doing it for a while, but yeah, we need to get those MPPs back in our party. And are you going to be able to mount a challenger? I don't need a name, but are you going to be able to mount a serious challenge against Don Addis? Um, I'm trying to remember who's running because we did. Uh, who is it? I'm trying. To I mean, remember. there's a woman you have running now, but I mean. Yeah, delete, delete the, the. I can I can never get her name right. Well, what does uh, that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I Don's no. going to be a hard one. I mean, yeah. I mean, my I guess my larger point, Eric, is that as you well know, and most of our listeners know, the assembly seat was Republican for decades. And the yeah. Democrats were always the the sacrificial lamb, and then things shifted, and now Don seems to be pretty locked in. I think you're going to have a hard time. Well, with redistricting, um, they basically made it so Republican can't win that seat. So what yeah. about what about yeah. Steve Garvey running for Senate? That's interesting. Yeah, we endorsed Eric here in uh, San Luis Obispo County. Um, so we didn't endorse, but Garvey didn't actually ask for our endorsement. Eric. Eric, um, what is his? I'd have to look him up real quick, but there's a handful of Republicans. Um, I'm trying to remember his oh, name. Oh, Eric right Early? Now. Yeah, Eric Early. Okay. Um, so he's I in, know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's a couple Eric's that are running, and I didn't want to say the wrong one. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, we endorsed Eric Early. Uh, Garvey, I, he wasn't really serious about it or hadn't gone to the extent to come and ask us, or I don't think his campaign was fully go- going when we endorsed. So we didn't even have the opportunity to endorse him. We had already endorsed Eric Early, who is a good, great candidate. And I think what you're seeing with Garvey is the Dems wanting him to win. They're actually pushing for him to win that second seat. Because they don't want Katie Porter. Yes. I think that's the strategy right now with the Dems in the state. So it could well be a race between Adam Schiff and Steve Garvey. Amazing to me, I don't want this taken wrong, but in 2024 in the state of California, the Senate race is going to be between two older white 
males. Right. And I never I, would have thought that possible. And Shift is the one <laughs> I, you know, personally, I believe Shift is the one trying to get Garvey through the primary. I agree. Because um, he, he doesn't want to run against Katie Porter. Exactly. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Garvey has a lot of name recognition. He was very famous at one time. You know, you got to go back to, what, the 70s, 80s. Well, we just had the sheriff here in Riverside County, and he didn't declare, but he didn't say no. Sounds like he wants to run for governor at some point. So uh, the health of the Republican Party, you got, you're got you going to be able to field candidates and be competitive statewide? Well, it's always going to be hard in California. We have certain strongholds that we have. They've gotten smaller. And with redistricting, it's almost like, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to snuff out the Republican Party in the state. And they there was a lot, if you want to look at gerrymandering, look at what happened in the state. Um, and it's funny because they already have super majority, so I don't know why they just, <laughs> but I think at some point, and when I was listening on the way over here to the sheriff, people are going to get tired of businesses leaving taxes, the what'd homeless you, problems. What'd you think, that of, were what'd just, you think of the sheriff? I, I only got to hear parts of it as yeah. I drove down, but, um, you know, I, I, I know what he's saying. I relate to what he's saying. And, um, I think at some point, you know, the, the Dems are going to really ostracize their donors, these big corporate donors that they have, because they're having trouble for, you know, you can't do business in L.A. You see everybody leaving. Everybody's leaving San Jose. Everybody's leaving San Francisco. Yeah. These big blue cities, crime is rampant. Homelessly is rampant. Homelessness is rampant. And they're just throwing money at it, and it's not going anywhere. But I think a fair question that becomes, Eric, and I should have asked this to the sheriff as well. If things are this bad, why aren't people just rushing to the Republican Party. <laughs> I think right now the Dems have some great PR going. Um, if you look at even uh, ACA 1, which is the repeal of the protections of Prop 13, yeah. they're putting that down as infrastructure and this and that. You won't be able to afford to live here. Businesses won't be able to afford to be here. But look what we can do. I mean, it's just a, this tax grab that you see from CSAC, and CSAC, so. uh, that's uh, California. It's the supervisors for every. Oh, the one Gibson's the president of. Gibson's the president, and there, you know, Gibson went down there and basically was the leader to get rid of Prop 13, and then come, came up here and tried to act like he wasn't. Um, you look at the League of Cities. All these, it, it's just they're coming after your pocketbook and you know whether it's democrat or republican but it's mostly dims on these boards and uh i mean i think you see that the same thing when you had tom on here the other night and he was talking about the independent um redistricting look at the boards in this county they're stacked with progressives do you really think they're not going to try to do that with you're so cynical. And, and they are. I mean, it's just a fact. Yeah. And and they were smart. They did it years ago. They had a plan. They implemented it. I have to give it to them. They did a great job in this county stacking these boards. What's your website for the local Republican Party? Uh, RPSLO.org. Uh, you're or welcome. R oh, sorry. <laughs> I think they changed it to C. I'm sorry. But if you put in <laughs> RPSLO.org, you'll, you'll get there. Always welcome donations and volunteers. We do. We always need volunteers. We always need uh, donations. I know that we have uh, in North County a very large uh, meeting room. We have a lot of things that go on. We support the community over there. So we're always looking to keep the doors open and, and those uh, donations help keep them open. All right. Eric Gorham is here talking about uh, politics from the Republican point of view. We've got news, traffic, weather. Conversation continues and we'll invite your thoughts as well. All that straight ahead on Hometown Radio.
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Uh, Eric Gorham is here uh, representing the Slow County Republicans. Tom Folks was here on Tuesday. Uh, we heard about the Democrats. Now we're just hearing about the Republicans. We remind you the primary is uh, March 5th. We stress that the main race is the supervisor race between Heather Moreno and Susan Funk. You've heard both candidates on this show. And that election is going to be decided on March 5th. There's no runoff. There's no November. There's no possibility. It would have to be a dead tie. Mm-hmm. you got to win by one vote. So, If you want in on the conversation, join us. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 for Eric on the Stolberg line. I feel the reason people aren't running towards the Republican Party in California is largely due to the MAGA movement chaos of the National Republican Party. Uh, it could be. It depends on where you're at. I mean, some areas are, you know, you go over to the valley and even into this county a little bit, you see a lot of the MAGA. Um, if you go into, and if you look at, really, if you look at the state party, um, you couldn't be further away from MAGA. Uh, the state Republican Party is uh, pretty kind of right down the middle. Uh, they've tried to change quite a bit of things, whether you agree with it or not. The state party in California it's very much down the middle, and I, I, what I saw with the delegates going in um, for the primary seemed to be mostly anti-Trump people, to be this, honest this with you. The gentleman we just had, the sheriff, doesn't seem to be pretty much down the middle. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Riverside, there's certain little holdout areas throughout the state. But the actual party, I would say the state party is very moderate and you know what I, like i just said what i saw the people going to the presidential um to be delegates for uh, the primary what i've noticed is they seem to be anti-trump people in california craig has a theory about yeah. the people i think it's poor messaging on the part of the republicans i mean they have a winning platform but they got a losing message it's getting the message out there too. Yeah, I think the message could needs help. I think the the state it could be a little more cohesive too. I think there's been so many changes going on, but the messaging, it, to me, it's like where is it? Well, Craig, you're the message expert. What the, what should the message be right now? Hit people with a message that goes straight to their pocketbook and go straight to their safety, go straight to the uh, the fears, and not to gin up fears, because you're not trying to create false fear, but you're trying to make sure that their eyes perceive reality. Hey, how's your gas price today? How's your food price today? How's your taxes today? We have the highest taxes and the lowest results because right. of that. We pay the highest gas tax in the entire country, and yet we are ranked fourth in the worst roads. So how's this voting rep- uh, Democrat working for you? Do you like where it's going? How about Oakland that has the very first In-N-Out that's closed in the history of In-N-Out because of safety concerns and the police and the uh, the city council telling people, instead of fixing the safety problems, put bars on your windows. And instead of cr- making criminals go to jail, they just decriminalize uh, criminal behavior. And then they say they're reducing crime. That's the message that they need to get out. Is that a message you can win on? I, I think in a lot of these, I think a lot of these blue cities, that's the message that needs to be hammered in really across the state. But a lot of these places you've seen donors leaving. You, I think things have to change in this state because we're going down a place where we're just not going to have these bigger corporations and these big, you know, how do you live without the Walmarts and these big grocery stores in these big cities? Do you feel California uh, is going the direction that it should be? Throw no. it out there and then the and vote 
with your brain, right? Not eight, the red or blue. Eight zero five five four three eight eight to three zero or eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. Susan checks in on the Starbuck line. Hi, Susan. If by any chance Newsom were to run in place of Biden or as his VP, does Eric have an opinion on who might be the best Republican California governor? Well, um, <laughs> I would have to see who was going to put stick their head out. That's a big job. Um, you know, I, I did like what I heard from your last guest, but, I, but okay. I don't know if he has the name recognition to get out there. It would take somebody with name recognition. Hey, he's been on this show. Darn it. <laughs> right? Yeah, All right. He's got it. I'm the, the kingmaker. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, we hear a lot about Gavin running. What we saw when biden ran the first time is everybody else that ran was very progressive this country was not ready for a progressive presidential candidate biden won easily during the primaries and i don't think the country is ready for a gaps gavin newsom unless biden was to put him as a vp well the other part of that is that um you have the desantis phenomenon desantis looked incredible I get would guess to a conservative, please run, please run, please run. But he'd never run for president before. Right. And once he ran, he f- kind of felt like I did today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Newsom, I think, runs the same risk. He looks great to in many California. people, you know, in California. But once he runs, he's going to stumble too. No, and I think if there was a primary, let's say. You know, in four years, the next primary and Newsom's, I don't think he'll carry it. I don't think he can. I think he's popular here. I'm not even really sure because he hasn't done much for us except raise taxes. And I don't think the rest of the country is ready for a progressive. And we saw that during the Biden, um, you know, four years ago. People went with Biden because that was their choice. Um, you know, if he could get on, I mean, Kamala has been a horrible vice president. So She's maybe, getting better. Yeah, I, I mean, what's her... I, I, I repeat my theory that I share with Tom. He didn't necessarily disagree with it. Biden runs. He beats Trump. I still believe that's going to happen. He serves two years. And after the midterms, he steps aside and Kamala Harris becomes president. And Biden, by then, will be 84 and Kamala Harris will be the first woman president. She'll be a woman of color. Yeah, she could be. I don't think she'd win, you know, two years later. She, she does I don't not either. have any popularity. Even amongst Dems, she's very unpopular. But a lot could happen had, in the next four years. It could. It could. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I when I've talked to Democrats in the state of California about her that kind of have watched her through the years, she is... I'll just say not well-liked, and that's being nice. Sure. <laughs> On the Stolberg uh, text line, listener wants to know your opinion. What is the legacy going to be of Supervisor Arnold? I think her primary legacy would be water. Um, that's one of the, her biggest fights that she's done. She's done more for North County in that aspect than anybody has. Um, it's all kind of been taken over by Gibson and sold out to his donors at this point. Um, so we don't know. What's going to happen with that? There's, she's still putting up a fight, and I think she will. As long as she's alive, I think she'll be fighting for water rights in North County. But that is, I think, her biggest legacy. Uh, whether you agree with her or not, she speaks her mind. I mean, a lot of these politicians, you try to talk to them, they're not going to tell you where they stand. Debbie will any day of the week, whether you agree with her or not. She has integrity. Did you want her to run for another term? Was there any attempt to get her to run for another term? I, she didn't want to run last time. 
So nobody stepped up, so she ran again. Um, and I, I thought Pashong was only going to be two terms. He said repeatedly he'd only serve two terms. He did, and it was somewhat surprising. I think when uh, that District 2 fell, he p- felt obligated to kind of – and I, I'm speaking what I think. I, I have not talked to John about this uh, seriously at all, but I think he felt he needed to stick around and be kind of the the old salty dog in there putting up the fight against a 3-2 uh, progressive majority. How's that working out as a, somebody who watches the supervisors? How's that 3-2 working out now that it's been flipped? It's uh, – <laughs> You, you. Oh, I've never really seen anything like this. They used to kind of get along, not on everything, but uh, basically you're seeing the progressive side just ram things through as fast as they can. Uh, if you look at, like I just said, uh, the the Paso Water Basin, you had Don on here. They said they kicked off all the North County people that represented the basin as punishment. You're not punishing Debbie and John, you're punishing the constituents that need that natural resource. So, way to go, Don. Way to go, Jimmy. Way to go, Bruce. So, are things getting done? Um, money's being spent, and we have the biggest deficit we've ever had. So, I think it goes along with the state. How the, what Craig was saying about the state, we're trying to raise taxes. We're going to make it almost impossible to build here because they're looking at that as revenue sources and going to keep raising our taxes. And uh, you know, I think right now. We keep start starting, you know, homelessness. I'm, I would like to solve the problem. Don't get me wrong. We keep starting agencies, and we're up to I think one hundred eight thousand dollars, one hundred eight hundred thousand dollars per homeless person in our county is what we spend, hmm. because of all these little groups we start that are ran by the Dems, and they're not getting us. There have been failure after failure after failure. Um, it's just people don't pay attention. People, Most people don't know what their supervisor does or who their supervisor is. Eric Orman on this uh, broadcast. Uh, Dan checks in from Los Osos on the Stolberg line. Hey, Dan. If the Republican Party would support reasonable gun laws, reasonable abortion regulations, and respect the separation of church and state, they could sweep many, many voters who run in the middle, in my opinion. Um, so for California... I think there is a lot of reasonable things going on, and actually it's gone the other way. So I always, when I hear gun laws, I've talked to, you know, friends that are, are dims, and they don't realize the laws we have in the, in this state. You know, they think everything's the Wild West, and it really isn't. Um, our, our laws are tough. They're trying to make them even tougher. They're making it, you know, our state has tried to make it so you couldn't buy bullets in the past. You know, the only thing that, the only reason why guns are even still legal here is this lawsuit after lawsuit because... We've gone the other way. I think in this state, it's hard to make that argument because we've gone so far the other way. It really doesn't matter. All right. What matters is that we take one last break and we'll come back for a final segment with Eric Gorham. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC. All right, let's take a call for Eric Gorham as we talk about uh, politics from a Republican perspective. Scott's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, hey, Eric. Hello, Greg. Hi. Um, Hi. I missed calling Tom the other night. It was busy, so I'm just going to kind of repeat what I was going to tell him. But um, I wanted I want to explain to him how how can the Democrats be happy right now? I mean, what is going good for them? Everything. I mean, naturally, what what Everything. is what can they? <laughs> 
I mean, real, realistically, we, we have all-time inflation in California, every single state, that I think that that's on everybody's mind. I, in fact, I think that's what's going to turn the election around on Trump. We've, we've, avoided, we, we've avoided a recession. Well, Scott, you have to realize, too, I mean, um, Tom is pretty radically to the left. And, you know, I think I've even, you know, he's been in little parades holding alt-left signs in his hand. I mean, yeah. I have pictures of it. So going this way is kind of when you're alt-left, taxes, that's what happens when they get their way. Basically, you go into the government, tells you what to do, the government feeds you, and, I, you know, uh, yeah. so he's probably could be happy about these things. Well, curiosity, you talked about Susan Funk and Prop 13. What did she say about? Um, so HCA 1 is basically repealing the 66% and putting it to a 55% vote to change uh, the tax rates. Um, so as you've seen in California, it's, it's not very hard to get 60% of the people to vote a certain way because we kind of are deceiving on whatever tax we're trying to do, just like ACAA one is basically not saying we're it's it's not saying we're gonna tax you more, it's saying look what we're gonna give you with your tax money. They just don't ever bring up that you know, housing tax, business taxes, the property tax is gonna skyrocket where people can't live here. So well you know what, Eric Curiosity, um I, I haven't heard, I've heard about it, but I don't know if it's gonna come November, but the point is I, I'm hearing that they're going to try to put Prop 19 back on the ballot to revamp, uh, not revamp it, but repeal it. Have you heard I don't that? Know what's going yeah. On with so that. it's ACA one and ACA 19 or ACA 13. I could be. You might be right. It might be 19. I thought it was 13. So yeah, and 19, they're both well, they're both attacking yeah, Prop 13. Um, and I, I thought they were going to drop and just do the ACA one, which goes, uh, you know, the first step would just get rid of that 66% threshold that you have to do to raise property taxes. Sounds like we're going to have an interesting fall. Scott, thanks very much for checking in. We go to John in the pummel. Hey, John. Hello, Dave. Hey, John. Hello, Eric. Eric. Uh, you know, I called in when uh, Tom was on um, about Proposition 1. Uh, and uh, he wouldn't really make a uh, commitment as to whether or not the Democratic Party is endorsing it. I know that they are. Uh, but what about the Republican Party? Is there resistance there? Is there? Uh, are they going to wishy-washy and vote for it? What do you think? No, I don't believe it'll be supported at all by the Republican Party in California. Great. <laughs> Thanks. That's what I <laughs> wanted to know. All right. Thank you. If you want in on this conversation, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. If you're a Republican, how are you feeling about the March 5th election? How are you feeling about your chances in November? On the Stolberg uh, text line, the GOP will never find the support they need from centrist Democrats to win seats until they stop trying to legislate women's uh, wombs. Um, there and women's rights and access to reproductive health care. Also, their ignorant positions on climate change. These are all non-starters. Well, I think when you look at the abortion issue, especially in California, it's a non-starter. We, we are literally importing people in here to have abortion, paying for their plane tickets, putting them in motels and giving them free Surgeries, so I don't. I, I always laugh at that argument. We saw uh, folk over here basically saying, "I don't know where 
uh, Heather sits on this, it doesn't matter where she sits. It's not part of the Board of Supervisors' job. And somebody called in and said, well, it could be on the legislative platform. It has never been. And yeah, I Talk will, about that, because that did come up repeatedly on Tuesday. It's not going to happen. The, inter, the integration of national issues into a local race. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the Prop 13 thing is on our legislative platform. That's why it's made its way in. Abortion uh, rights or or whatever you either side has never made it on a legislative platform in our county i doubt it ever will i i just can't believe it ever would it doesn't have a place there um we're not trying to import people in the san luis Obispo county for abortions and we're not trying to really stop people from abortions in this county what does it have to do with the board of supervisors absolutely nothing so certain issues you know whether they're state or local may make it to our legislative platform a lot of issues never will, and abortion's one of those. Because and, there's no point in it. No, and it's basically, uh, I think the Dems are trying to say the moderates are maybe for abortion, so they're trying to get grab a moderate vote, vote where it really has nothing to do with anything. Let's take some more calls. We have got Alan in San Luis. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Eric. Hey. Hi. I wanted to get a comment, Eric, from you about these new anti-Steve Garvey commercials. If they weren't worried about him, why would they be spending money saying, don't vote for that guy? Well, I think I think uh, basically you have one Democrat that wants Garvey in there, and you have the rest, the rest of the Dems that don't, because it takes their chance of on a you know a runoff in November. Mm-hmm. So I think it's basically you have Dems kind of playing games. Well, some of them are trying to discredit him. You have uh, what is it, Shift that wants. He wants him in there. He's he might as well just start campaigning for the guy because he wants to run against him in November. Sure. So that that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the other side saying, "Wait, if he wins, we lose." Um, but I, most of that fight to me is with the Dems. Uh, it's all internal with it's, two candidates. It seems like some of them are worried that if he gets to the November election, he might have a shot, and that's what they're worried about. I think some of them may be. I mean, he he was a very popular uh, man back in his day. We're not Uh, worried. Yeah. (laughs) We're not worried. Alan, thank you. Uh, We go to Vita in Los Osos. Hey, Vita. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I do want to make a comment about a woman's right to choose because of an incident that I'm very, very familiar with. This involved the county budget. I was a county employee for 35 years, well, about 32 years. no, actually, it was 35. Okay, never mind. I worked at the county jail about 15 of those years. And during the beginning, like maybe in the first five years, um, they were paying for women to have abortions. We have a lot of women incarcerated who are pregnant. And the county was paying for them to have abortions. And at some point, a decision was made that the county was not going to pay for them anymore. Now, who do you think made that decision? Of course, that came down from the Board of Supervisors because they approved the budgets. I am sure it came from the Board of Supervisors. At some point, that got turned around because then they realized to keep incarcerated women who are pregnant in the jail, do you realize the cost? Uh, the possible liability if something happens to the baby, having to take them to regular doctor's appointments, and then when the baby is born. So they finally realized that, no, they weren't saving any money. It was costing them a lot more money. And as I recall, that got turned around, and we started 
providing abortions again. So please don't tell me they approve the health budget. County supervisors approve it. If there's something they don't like, they can take it out. So, you know, I have that experience, and I'm so tired of hearing I don't have the right to ask that question. And I have no idea what Heather Marino's views are because I wasn't allowed to call in yesterday to ask that question. Thank you. (laughs) What do you you mean you weren't allowed to call in? Well, you made a comment. Yeah, yeah, I'm not taking any questions about abortion. Yeah, yeah. You said that. Yeah, I did. I defend it. But I, but I appreciate that perspective, Vita. I would have allowed that question. I just didn't want to happen what happened on Tuesday night, where instead of focusing on these county issues, we started talking about Trump and abortion and things like that. I thought we got off topic. Well, I think women's health is very pertinent to the Board of Supervisors. Eric, what do you and, say? Uh, uh, I mean, basically, a lot of services. The county still provides a lot of services. Okay, the services would be from CentCal or the Sheriff's Department. The Board of Supervisor has no purview other than telling the the sheriff how much his budget is. They cannot tell him how to spend it. And then CentCal, which I don't know at the time when you were there if it, there was CentCal or not, is what the, you know. They're basically saying how the state money is going to be spent, but. Uh, well, all yeah, I know I've, is they stopped providing them. That was what we were told. You know for a no fact the Board person. of Supervisors did. I got 45 I mean, actual. Came from somebody, and uh, how do you know the Board of Supervisors weren't edging? After know, the, uh, Tom Folks, I looked into it. They have never had a position on abortion. i got to leave it at that. I'm out of time. Vita, thank you. Nice job, Eric Gorman. You have 30 seconds for a final thought. I think the main thing is March 5th is coming. Get out there and vote. And, again, I don't care what side you're on. We, do, we want a big turnout. Of course, we want, uh, you know, we're looking at District 5, getting Heather in there. But just get out and vote. That's How the much does thing. she win by? I think she wins somewhere between six and eight points. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. All right, Eric, thank you. Oh, by the way, why are you Eric with a K and not Eric with a C? Uh, Norwegian. Okay. Eric the Great. All right. Uh, I ask because when we come back, Gary J. Freiberg plays the name game. Why do you have the name that you have? You'll be interested to find out. I'm Dave. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.